0: Welcome to Health Center's podcast. Getting vaccinated not only provides valuable protection to you and your community, but it may also offer much-needed peace of mind. On this podcast, Health Center correspondent and public health nurse Barbara Glickstein hosts Virginia Reith, a physician associate who is working with a pharmacist to provide vaccines to the hard-to-reach populations of Ulster County, New York. This podcast first aired on HealthCetera in the Catskills on WIOX Radio on April 21st, 2021.
1: This is Barbara Glickstein with HealthCetera. Virginia Reith is a physician associate with a master's in public health, and she lives in Red Hook, Dutchess County, New York State. Virginia has been also volunteering to vaccinate her neighbors, her friends and people she doesn't even know. And um, to be fully transparent, Virginia Wreath and I are good friends and colleagues. So good to chat with you, Virginia.
2: Always good to chat with you.
1: So when did you decide you wanted to be available to vaccinate people and why did you make that decision?
2: Well, I had initially when the vaccines, when I knew the vaccines were pulling out, I had tried several times. And as I knew several of my friends also and colleagues to get on, you know, the New York state volunteer medical corp, which would be that when they made the call for people, even during, not even before the vaccine, but even during, um, the hosp- the increased hospitalizations, they were asking for people to come out. I wasn't, I was sort of semi-retired, not really retired, but I wasn't doing as much clinical work. So I had some time, and I really wanted to do something. I felt that this was, you know, I and you, as you and I have often talked about, you know, after 9-11, there was that big rush in New York when I was there, and, you know, racing to the hospitals all over town and finding there was, you know, they were like, look, there's nothing to do. So I think that's always been a part of what I want to do is make, be a part of a larger uh, health response to something. And I figured, you know, it was something that doing a vaccine was easy. But I didn't understand. I didn't know about the I knew I was continued, as I said, to get on the more official and the websites were crashing. The websites would double up on itself so you couldn't actually fill it out. And I got so frustrated with it. I must have tried probably 10 times over the year. I got so frustrated with it that I stopped. I had heard about this. A pharmacist out of Woodstock, who also was frustrated because both Ulster and Dutchess County, mostly Duchess County, had very little, if not none, no organized system for any kind of community-based vaccines. They were being done maybe. I mean, I remember with the first vaccine, and I went down to Northern and in, in Rhinebeck, and they had gotten vaccines there. And this woman just looked absolutely apoplectic. I got there and she just looked at me and she said, we ran out. They only gave us, you know, we were supposed to get 200 doses. We got 70 or something like that. So during that whole, you know, Trump snafu, um, you know, hospitals and places had no idea what kind of uh, vaccines they were actually getting. So this pharmacist, Neil Smoller, who runs the whole list of pharmacy in Woodstock, kind of made it his business to just go ahead and do it. And as you probably know, pharmacists are in a really funny tight place in this whole chain of are they providers, are they not providers? There were certain states where pharmacists can't act as providers. New York luckily shifted that around, but then you have, who's gonna pay for it? How do you get reimbursed? You've got in New York state, all these private health plans, plus you have Medicaid, then you have Medicare. So you've got all the, the amount of money that you have to put out to actually get reimbursed was amazing. And, and and just making it incredibly difficult for every anyone to really make a dent in their community. Well, he just kept going. And the way he did it was he put out this remarkable volunteer program. So he had the whole, he basically did a needs assessment, right? Like our old public health, like, what do you do when you walk in? So he was doing this at, the place I went was the deserted Best Buy in the mall land of Kingston, New York. And, you know, which is a cavernous building. And you got there and the place was busy as busy can be. I signed up for the afternoon shift, which was one to five or 12 to five. And I had, I was just taken to my table. I was sort of given a slight, a very fast tour. And everything has already been done. So they had, for instance, I just made a little note here of what they had volunteers for traffic control. They had check-in. They had screening and documentation. They had filing. They had pre-draw syringes. They had then the immunizers. Then they had the observation. And they had a continual, this was all volunteer. I love it. So sorry. For me, when I went in, I was brought to a table, my, you know, box of gloves, my syringes were already there. So all I had to do and they came, sat down, arms up. They already had a, they already had decided which arm. Their their clothes were up. And I just sh- bopped it right in and they got up. They, they sat in, a, in, a, in another area where they were observed for 15 minutes and they left. So believe it or not, this, this independent pharmacist has done over 8,000 immunizations.
1: That's amazing. You know, it's, it's really amazing. Thing to watch. It's really amazing. So what has it felt like for you to be doing this and to see this in process? And with the year that we've all been living and some certainly more catastrophically, you know, um, impinged yeah. upon in their lives and so many difficulties and everyone's had their own personal struggles. So what has this well, given I think you? One
2: thing about it was, which was wonderful, which is just the Just the diversity of the community, for one. Describe that. Well, it was, you know, just from age, it was young to old. (laughs) It was... um, Did they have to register? Black, Latinx, uh, trans, um, I mean, young, middle-aged people, terrified of needles. Um, and everyone so relieved when it was over and couldn't believe how quick it was. They were just like, that one person just kept going, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm saying it's done. <laughs> uh, did and, you have to register? How did, did what, was it a walk-in? No, at a point in the afternoon, he really decided, he, oh, he called the radio stations and said, we're doing walk-in. But prior to that, you had to sign up and get an appointment time. So there were sections of Yeah, And um, it was also from all different areas of the counties up here. It was across the river. It was up, you know, up in the mountains down. It was, um, you know, and his big push really was he wanted to push the 16 to 18-year-olds because he has a program that it's called Shop Before Prom. And he's doing another big push again this week. I think they finished up this week, and then the then it'll then we'll do the second injections in the next two, I guess two weeks because last week would have been the third. That's perfect shot before prom. I love it. I hope, yeah, so I hope they get really to go to that prom, push. and that was also kids who could walk in. Okay. Um, um,
1: any stories that you can share with um, of course not uh, maintaining uh, privacy any good stories?
2: Well I think there's always the story of you know which happened you know there the story of the you know a guy who was a really big tatted guy right but he was just a nervous wreck and he was fine he got up and he just went right over <laughs> um you know so there's that there were really i mean people were sharing really their intimate stories you know it's it was interesting i had several patients who mentioned their fear of needles because their kids had were heroin addicts mm-hmm. and several parents of of um uh, you know different ages had mentioned that to me that was part of their fearfulness about having the injection Uh,
1: that's
2: very moving that's very sad and very moving and that was touching and I didn't anticipate that sort of response but it made absolute sense to me when I heard it and then everyone was just you know like some people would say do you know how long I've waited for this Hmm. do you know how happy this makes me so to be part of this beginning of this sense of I know it's not over, over, but to be a part of offering some hope for people and also some sense of health that they can actually feel protected was really actually pretty wonderful. Um, People were so appreciative and uh, it meant so much to them. And also I think that a lot of people really loved kind of being, I had mine. You know, in a very sort of isolated, cold place at NYU in the city. You know, because I was a provider, so I did it early. And there was something kind of wonderful about this kind of, you know, like football stadium space of everybody there. You know, you could see people who knew each other. They were all like waving and, you know, taking photographs of when they got inject. You know, I, I was it. I was I was photographed a lot that day. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, which was really sweet. But you could do, I mean, because it was all set up, you were doing them every few minutes.
1: So we just have a minute left. Um, Virginia Reeve, who is a physician associate with a master's in public health. She lives in Red Hook, Dutchess County, and she's sharing her experience being a volunteer vaccinating community residents. Was there anybody you knew? Did anybody come to your table that... Uh, You recognize from the market, or going to farms,
2: or no? um, Although actually, that's not true. There was uh, a young young girl who, a young seventeen-year-old, who turns out to live around the corner from me. Perfect. uh, That was nice, and um, yeah, so not that many people that I knew knew because I'm kind of new to the area as well, but that was uh, that was a nice piece of it. So I'm gonna let you have the
1: takeaway, and I'm wondering if you would just give a shout out to people who are still sitting on the fence about getting the COVID vaccination. What do you wanna tell them? I
2: think I'd say having certainly known people myself and even in the medical world who had their, were just wanted to take their time with this uh, vaccine and see. Um, I think that the vaccine is an incredibly important step for all of us to feel that we can then now become a community and be joined together with the fear, not with the lessing, lessening fear that we would ourselves bring any danger of illness to someone else. I think that's that's a big relief and I think especially even though I'm quote in the elder population, um, the kids feel incredibly relieved um, that they can provide that degree of safety when being around myself or my you know great aunt or even people older than I. So in that way, I think it's a very important piece. I understand some people's reticence, but I think it will widen your world and will lessen the fear in your life and will allow you to have the real genuine contact that humans need to thrive. You know, we need a hug. <laughs> and I think that that's what the vaccine can provide. And, um, and I think it's safety has been documented. And I know there are a lot of paranoiac fears of here and there, of different scenarios. But I think in a large-scale way, if we can really move the virus, if if we could push the vaccine to as many people as we can, I think we might begin to find ourselves on the other side of this um, terrible uh, uh, um, influenza.
1: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Virginia Reith, she lives in Red Hook, Dutchess County, and she's a physician associate with a master's in public health. A good friend, a colleague, and we're going to keep on keeping it on and keeping it real, V. We will. Take care,
0: Barb. Thank you. Good to see you. Bye. You've been listening to a podcast of Health Cetera in the Catskills. For more podcasts and discussions of important health issues and policies affecting health, go to Health Cetera's website and blog at www.healthmediapolicy.com. That's www.healthmediapolicy.com. This podcast was produced by Diana Mason, Barbara Glickstein, and production assistant Kai Wolsey.